0: Mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people, as the mountains surround. shine.
1: It was a night unlike any other. There was a stillness in the air, quiet calm in the evening sky. Grace was on the horizon, an unfathomable mercy, a love deeper than anyone had ever known. This silent night was about to give way to a chorus which would change the world forever for on this day in the city of David is born a Savior Jesus the Son of God the Word in flesh God had reached down from heaven to earth to draw us to himself to make a way to bring us home today The heart of God is on full display. For God so loved the world.
2: Good morning, Preston Crest, and Merry Christmas. My name is Brian Pruitt, I serve as one of the elders, and on behalf of our entire eldership, we want to welcome you, uh, let you know that we're delighted that you've decided to be with us this morning uh, in person and perhaps online, or virtually. Um, I think we could take one minute to turn to each person on our left and right, if you can see them in this uh, dim auditorium, and wish them a Merry Christmas. Okay. And now and now I will remind you to check in with our uh, online or check-in service. The number is on the screen. You can also scan the code on the card in the pew in front of you. This past Wednesday, there was a candlelight service here at Preston Crest. I know many of you were able to attend. Um, We have a few images of that. Uh, Almost 500 people, is that right, John Scott? Almost 500 people attended. And we know that was a very wonderful and meaningful service as those images scroll by. As we begin our worship this morning, Let's go to the Father in prayer. Our gracious Father in heaven, we come before you this morning acknowledging that you are always present, all knowing, all powerful. We're continually humbled that you, the one who created all of us and this entire material world would allow us to call you our Father and to come before you in prayer. We are grateful Lord for the blessings of this past year And today, on Christmas, we're especially mindful of your generosity. We thank and praise you for our everyday blessings of food, clean water, our homes, our safety, and our health. We thank you, Father, for our jobs, for our friends, and especially at this time of the year for our immediate family members. Thank you for these precious loved ones and what they mean in our lives. We thank you also for our church family here at Preston Crest. Above all, we thank you for sending your precious son, Jesus, into this world to sinful man, to each one of us, that we might obtain forgiveness of our sins and the hope of eternal life with you in heaven for all eternity. We have so many members of our church family, Father, that are suffering right now from injuries, from cancer, from chronic pain, from dementia, and other severe medical problems. And we ask, Father, for you to reach down to each one to comfort them in their affliction. We ask that you would heal them to relieve their pain and their suffering and restore their health. We believe, Father, in the power of prayer and in your power to heal. We know, Father, that at this time of the year, there are those who are lonely and those who have lost loved ones and are facing a Christmas for the first time without a spouse or close family member at their holiday celebration. Help us, Father, to reach out and to exhibit the love of Christ. Help these individuals who may be hurting in this way, Father, to feel your presence in their lives today and every day. Help them to know that you are always with them and that you always love and you always care about each one of us, no matter what is happening in our lives. Oh, Lord, on this day of the year, when some in our society may consider spiritual matters I pray that it will cause many to pause and to open their hearts and to allow your word, the Bible, to flow into their lives. Allow someone, any of us, Father, as we have opportunity to share the good news, the truth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray that you will use this holiday or use us to bring others to salvation through Jesus. Father, as we at Preston Crest endeavor To simply be New Testament Christians, we pray that as we continue our worship this morning, that our thoughts, our songs, our prayers, our remembrance of the Lord's Supper, our reading of your word and our spoken words will all be pleasing and acceptable to you, almighty God. In Jesus' blessed name we pray, amen. Our reading this morning comes from Luke, the second chapter, verses eight through 11. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord.
3: Thanks, Brian. Good news of great joy. I love that. Let's sing. Oh, come let us adore him. Go ahead and stand, please. carols of worship. What child is if you brought an offering this morning, you can uh, just drop that in the box on your way out this morning. Uh, in the the box is out there in the middle of the foyer. Uh, I know many of you are already giving online. However you choose to give, thank you for giving to help support God's work here in this place. Let's uh, Let's bow. Father, you remind us in your word that every good and perfect gift is from you. And on this day, we celebrate the most perfect, the most generous gift of all, and that is your Son, our Savior. And it's because of him that we gather. We gather in the name of Jesus. We worship in the name of Jesus this morning. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Hear our prayer and accept our thanks and accept our worship. It's in the name of Jesus. Amen. Church, we also have uh, instructions about end-of-the-year giving. So if you are wanting to join with us as we sprint to the finish, that has been our slogan for many years. We want to finish strong financially. We want to make sure that we are able to cover all of our commitments and so if you have some uh, end-of-the-year giving that you want to take care of, instructions are you'll find those in, in the bulletin as well. All right, we're going to continue with our worship time, and as we enter into our time of communion now, we're going to sing one more song, and then Gordon's going to come and lead us around the bread and cup. Jesus,
0: Jesus they
4: Merry Christmas. Uh, We're going to have communion where we take a moment to just remember what Jesus came to do for us. And if you need a cup, uh, they're out in the foyer. You've got a couple minutes to go grab one of those and uh, you're welcome to join us. Hebrews chapter 1 says, Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke. He spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. For me, one of the great evidences that God actually cares about us, that God wants to know us and be known by us, is the fact that he, he speaks to us. He communicates with us. And as the author of Hebrews reminds us, through history, he has done this in a lot of ways, creative ways. He spoke through a burning bush (laughs) to Moses, spoke through a donkey to Balaam, spoke through a gentle breeze to Elijah. He speaks through the night sky, Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare... His glory. The sky above proclaims His handiwork. Through the prophets, He spoke to Israel. Through the scriptures, the text message from heaven, He speaks to us even today. But none of these ways of God speaking compare to what we celebrate on this day that He has spoken to us through His Son. Jesus came from heaven to earth so that he could talk with us, so that he could share the love of the Father with a lost humanity. And the bread that we break is a reminder that God came in person. Think about that, that God came in person. Just as the bread is is tangible, it's something that we can hold, that we can touch, that we can taste, uh, that we experience. Um, Jesus came flesh and blood, to share the love of the Father with us. As the Word says in John, the Word became flesh. So let's pray. Lord, we are thankful this morning that you speak to us. You reveal yourself constantly through the wonders of nature, the night sky, the break of dawn, the roar of the ocean, You speak to us through your scripture. And of all the ways you speak, the most personal one is the way you speak to us through your only begotten, through Jesus, the word who became flesh. And this morning, Lord, we are grateful that you came from heaven to earth to love us and to save us. Thank you for offering your body for our redemption on the cross. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Let's bow once again. Lord, you have spoken to us over and over at the cross through the blood of Jesus. You spoke the word forgiven. As you remind us in the words of your prophet Isaiah, you you say to us, come now. Let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. We gladly receive your gift of forgiveness. We tremble at the high cost. You paid for washing away our sins. In your name, amen. Love getting to see, sing these songs with you guys this time of year. And you sound great today, by the way. Welcome. Merry Christmas. If you're visiting with us, we're glad that you're here with us. If you're visiting with us online today, we're glad that you're able to be with us online as well. Uh, we're just here to lift up the name of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, to rejoice in the gift of Jesus that we have received and uh, to celebrate His arrival into our world. You know, uh, speaking of arrivals, departures. I was thinking this week about moves and how many times we, as a family, have moved. I calculated seven times. I think got to be right in there somewhere. Uh, I, I'm guessing most of us have had a move. But how many of you guys have moved in the last 20 years? Moved homes. Yeah, it's not easy, um, right? I mean, I was just thinking of all of the. The burden, the weight of moving. There is the obviously the physical burden of actually moving boxes and furniture and things from point A to point B, loading, unloading. Uh, There's uh, the mental part. I mean, it's a logistical maybe nightmare, or it's definitely a logistical challenge to, to figure out. And the new house isn't exactly the size of the old house and all this stuff, and where do things go, and, and which things do we deliver first, and which things come in later, and all that. And then, of course, just the emotional weight, the baggage of of saying goodbye to one place and hello to a new place. And I was thinking, as I was thinking about this, just people who have been part of our moves over the years, and a couple of names came to mind for me. You won't know these guys probably, but there's a guy named Daniel, a guy named Lando, and we lived in Norman, Oklahoma. They helped us move two times. You know someone is a brother (laughs) when they show up on your moving day. And they were such great workers. They showed up on time. All they needed was a couple of slices of pizza to help us out all day. Uh, And just such great guys, twice helping us move. I remember us getting the moving truck like stuck on the the driveway one time because it was at a weird angle, but they were great to be there. And this is the thing, you know, when someone tells you they're going to be there, you have this nervous moment, right? When moving day comes around, will they actually show up? They promised that, you know, you with me? They promised they would be there because if they don't show up, you've got a big problem, right? You've got a house full of problems back there if they don't show up. Uh, And even if you hire a mover, we did that one time when we lived in Brazil. We had a mover uh, that loaded it. Even if you hire a mover, you still wonder, are they going to show up? Are they going to be here on time? Uh, And so moving is such a big deal. And I was thinking about that idea of someone showing up when you're in a in an hour of great need and will they come through and I thought about Jesus and I thought about this promise over the centuries God spoke to his people and said I'm sending someone to help you I am sending a deliverer a savior I'm sending the Messiah the Christ and they waited and they waited Some wondered if God would ever come through. And then Jesus, Christmas Day, showed up. And God was found, as he always is, to be faithful and true to his word. So many people, I don't know if you've noticed, just turn on the TV. So many people around the world celebrate this day I read a while back that even an overwhelming majority of Hindus and Buddhists celebrate Christmas. In America, 87% sorry, of Americans say that they celebrate Christmas. There is something about this day that makes people want to rejoice. And I think for a lot of us, especially here... It's that God came through, that he showed up in our world. And praise God for that. The original cast, by the way, the original Christmas cast in the New Testament, the people that were there and experienced it and anticipating it, they were in a, much like us, a celebratory mood as well. Like Mary, after she heard from the angel Gabriel about the, that this boy, this very special boy would be born to her, Mary had to share the good news. She, she ran up to, to her, her cousin Elizabeth's house, her relative Elizabeth's house. And, and Elizabeth was pregnant at the time, and Mary was sharing the good news. <laughs> and this just kind of makes me smile, this passage. It's Luke one forty one. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary... The baby leaped in her womb. I think that's funny. I don't know about you. Have you ever stopped to think about a leaping fetus? I mean, you're going to find this in the Christmas story because she was filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to see this in the Christmas story from the youngest of young, even prenatal, to the elderly people are throwing a party over the idea that God is going to come through and show up in their world Mary, she celebrated Luke chapter 1, verses 46. And she said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in my God, my Savior. By the way, that doesn't make much sense, does it? I'll check that later. Verses 46 to 37, I don't know, man. But she was happy. (laughs) Elizabeth's husband, back to Elizabeth. Her husband was celebrating. Zechariah was so happy that God was showing up in the temple courts after the baby was born and Mary and Joseph go up to you know present you've got these elderly people who are so happy they've been expecting they've been waiting they were people of faith they believed God would come through even though it had been like 400 years and you've got this Simeon this old gentleman who celebrates when he sees Mary and Joseph show up at the temple with that infant And an elderly woman, Anna, a prophetess, when she saw this promise fulfilled, when she saw this gift sent from heaven, she celebrated. Luke chapter 2, verses 36 to 38, Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple She was the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. I don't know exactly how old that is. I don't want to offend anybody, but she was very old. Everybody could agree on that. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years, and she lived as a widow to the age of 84. Um, So there you go. She never left the temple but stayed there day and night worshiping God. Listen to how this lady lived her life. But day and night worshiping God, fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary, and Joseph, and she did what? She began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Why did she rejoice? What was she talking about with everybody? He showed up. He came through. We've been waiting. The wait is over. The Savior is here. Now I've got some guesses. I think they're probably pretty good guesses at why non-Christians around the world would celebrate a day like this. There are wonderful holiday traditions and there are amazing foods to be shared. There are festivities and parties and all this stuff going on. On the other hand, I know I know for sure why we celebrate. He promised a savior. He gave us a savior. In our hour of need, God came through. Israel had waited, right, and waited expectantly. That's the word in the text there. And God sent this Messiah. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, we have 400 years of silence. Not a word from God. And then this virgin girl named Mary receives this visitor from heaven, this messenger angel Gabriel. The silence is broken. She would give birth to the promised Messiah. She would be the mom of the Savior of the world. And she questioned, of course, you remember this, as one might do, even though she was a teenager, she knew a little bit about biology. So she questioned, how is this possible? I am a virgin. And Gabriel said to her in Luke one thirty seven, nothing will be impossible with God. By the way, miracles seem so incredible to us. Miracles, God doesn't break a sweat. Miracles aren't such a big deal for God. They aren't hard for him at all. (laughs) Simeon and Anna... The expectant waiting ends up with a confirmation. God hasn't abandoned his people. God hasn't forgotten about us. 400 years of silence was interrupted by Gabriel's visit to Mary, this angelic host. We talked about this last week. They appear to these lowly shepherds out in the fields. There's a star in the night sky calling people from far away to come and worship and celebrate so his arrival what specifically are we celebrating today i'll just do a, i'll give you a couple things and then we'll finish up one of them we celebrate that we are forgiven we celebrate that we are forgiven this had to happen for us to be saved, for us to have our sins washed away. There is a reason he came from heaven to earth. He didn't just come so that we could have a cool holiday with reindeer and stuff or really neat, you know, Netflix, rom-com, Christmas specials to watch and binge. He didn't just come to give us another excuse to give our kids the toys that they've been wanting. He came because we needed more than anything to be forgiven. We struggle with sin. We needed someone to save us from our sins. So Joseph, he got his own visit in a dream and a vision from an angel of the Lord. And in Matthew 121, Joseph was told, Jesus, your son, will save his people from their sins. Save his people from their sins. By the way, that name Yeshua, Jesus, means he saves God saves. Most Jews believed that the Messiah would save people from sins, just the sins of other people, right? Messiah will come and he will deliver us from the sins of the cruelty and violence of the Romans, from the hatred of the unbelievers. The truth was, as the angel told Joseph, he came to save us from our sins, He came to save his people from their sins, they are told. Tim Keller, by the way, excellent thoughts here on Christmas. Why did Christmas have to happen? In his book, Hidden Christmas, he reflects on the theological significance. He says, A God who was only holy, only holy, would not have come down to us in Jesus Christ. He would have simply demanded that we pull ourselves together, that we be moral and holy enough to merit a relationship with him. A deity that was an all-accepting God of love wouldn't have needed to come to earth either. This God of the modern imagination would have simply overlooked sin and evil and embraced us. Neither the God of moralism nor the God of relativism would have bothered With Christmas. And finally, we disciples, we celebrate that we're forgiven. We celebrate that we have a future that is now guaranteed, that is secure because Jesus came. John 3 16, 17, you're familiar with this one. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Eternal. Life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Eternal life. A future that is secure, not because we figured it all out, not because we worked really hard and got into God's good graces. Um, We have a future secured. Because Jesus lived the perfect life that none of us was capable of living. And he offered himself as a redemptive sacrifice for us. That's the good news. That's the gospel. Um, Speaking of moves. I think I can say pretty confidently there has never been a move quite like this one in terms of distance covered in terms of change of neighborhood even, Jesus, heaven to earth. What he gave up, what he went through to save us. Wow. All I can do in return is offer him my life. For what it's worth, Jesus I'm yours. And that's what we do as believers. We put our faith in him. We trust in what he won for us through his coming, through his perfect life, through his sacrifice. And we live as his disciples. That's the way that we say thank you to Jesus. And this morning, what we want to do as we close out, we just want to lift up his name in worship if for you that means praying with somebody around you or coming down and praying with me or Brian, feel free to do that. But let's all just celebrate and rejoice as people have throughout the ages the coming of Jesus. Let's stand together. Join to the world, the Lord is of
2: Scott. Thank you, Gordon, for our worship this morning. Remember, there will not be an evening service uh, today. We hope that you uh, enjoy the time with your family this evening. As we close our worship service, let's read together our take-home verse from John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Again, Merry Christmas. God bless you.